This is the Integrative Entrepreneur Podcast, where it's not what you do, but how you do it. This is a podcast for entrepreneurs brought to you by entrepreneurs. We have been building a multi-million dollar healthcare business for over 10 years, and we have weaved together some of the best information for the people that are doing the best work in the business. This includes Dr. Demartini, who is a master in human behavior, to Vern Harnish, who has created the methodologies of scaling up that has scaled many, many of the best businesses that we all know of. We want you to not only have a business that you love, but also a life that you love. So welcome back. We are at part four on the five dysfunctions happening in your organization. So we are talking about avoidance of accountability. Um, this is really the fourth part of building off of the crappy foundation, essentially. <laughs> so we've been talking about how lack of vulnerability in your company, absence of trust, fear of conflict, as well as lack of commitment is really something that is going to affect your bottom line. And it's going to affect your bottom line because people are not um, committed to the projects, the marketing campaigns, the rollout, uh, or even just how you are showing up for your clients and customers. So very often is they are not accountable. They're not accountable to their day-to-day tasks. They're not going to be accountable to deadlines and projects and different things that need to get done, which then is going to result in some pretty serious issues when it comes to cash flow. I mean, I'm going to call it out as before. It might get tiring hearing this over and over and over, but it's as above, so below. And it's like always first going and having that candid conversation with yourself, with the executive team and saying, where are we not being accountable? Because anything and it's like people see everything. And it's like if we as leaders aren't being held accountable, aren't holding ourselves accountable, then why should anybody else? And it's like so many times we're, you know, slacking on something. We're not holding ourselves accountable, but then we're getting pissed off because, you know, our team, our tribe's not being accountable, holding themselves accountable. So a lot of the times when we are getting triggered uh, to say the the trigger comes from holding that resonance uh, inside of us. So it's really if we're judging someone, especially if we're being unaccountable and we're pissed off about it it's because there's an aspect of our own life that we're not being accountable. And that could be in business or outside of, because we carry, we're a reflection, the business is a reflection of us. So it's really being able to look at our entire lives and hold ourselves accountable for that and to be able to work through the things uh, that we're not accountable first and then go into the team so that we're not emotional driven. I 100% agree. And, you know, from the inside of business aspect of lack of accountability is like you said, everybody sees everything. So if you have a, you know, a leadership team that, you know, w- what we were talking about prior is this like fear of conflict or boring meetings and not taking feedback from the team or not inviting feedback from the team, which then creates these other issues. But if you are kind of like half-assing it, if you have the leadership team that okay, we're going to be vulnerable and we are going to invite feedback and we are going to you know, invite this in the meetings and we're going to address it and we want to make sure that everyone feels heard. And then you do it for a week or two 
and then it falls off and or now you're taking the feedback. It's almost like fluff. Oh, we want your feedback, but you never do anything with it. You don't even acknowledge it. And like, if, that's just as bad. And if you tell the team that we're rolling this out, we're going to do things to get more feedback and do all that, you're not doing it. It's like you just take action. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. <laughs> it's like we're changing our culture. I was like, that's not how culture is created. No, it, it is taking that action, but it's being accountable to that too. We've definitely worked with students in IGI that have, you know, restructured meetings and said, you know, we would love more feedback, but you can tell you could tell there was still still a fear around it. So it was like, we want a little bit of feedback, but we don't really want that much feedback. And it was like they were just trying to stay in that comfort zone to still keep everything harmonious because they were in this mindset that if there was conflict, then that was going to trickle and create bigger issues. And I'm like, the issues are there. They're just not being talked about to you. <laughs> True that. So it's just don't be ignorant to the idea that everything is harmonious if it's not you know, making its way into your office. Because if you can sense that there is tension or you can sense that there are, you know, things that are not working well, then chances are things are not working well. And the only person to really step in and have the hard conversations and troubleshoot it is going to be you as the CEO. That is your job. If you do have a large leadership team, um, directors, managers, um, executives, you know, they should also be playing the same role. But at the end of the day, if something cannot be resolved, it goes to the top person who is the CEO of the company. Yeah. And so, I mean, jump in looking at deeper in this accountability. What's most important is self-accountability. It's holding yourself accountable for your actions. And really, when it comes to actions, it's actions are always in effect. So we can only control three things in life, our perceptions, our decisions, and our actions. And it's really as a leadership uh, position to be able to teach people because we never, we've never learned these things in life. And that's part of really a business is to grow a business and you grow a business by growing people. You know, people are what create things. So we have to create better people. And a big part of that is, you know, being accountable to grow your clients and not your clients. Well, maybe your clients, but to growing your team and to grow your employees. So when we do that, that's the accountability we have for ourselves. is we have to constantly be growing ourselves so that we can give that. If we're not holding ourselves accountable, we can't hold anybody else accountable and we can't grow anyone else. So it always comes from within uh, to external without. And really the big process in self-accountability is going back to that value system. You know, it's like we all have a hierarchy of things that are least important to most important to us. We're going to be self-accountable to things that are most important to us. We're not going to hold ourselves accountable to things that are low productive to us because yeah. it wastes our time and our energy, which doesn't serve us and it doesn't serve the business. So a big part of being a leader is with your team getting the right people on the right seat. You yeah. may have an awesome team, but if they're in the wrong seat, it's it's going to create chaos. But also in that fact is one of the exercises, you know, depending on the major focus that we're we're working or the major focus like at the right time when we're working with our clients in IGI is one of the exercises that's sometimes appropriate depending on their pain point is the love and loathe. And we're taking 
we're taking them through as the CEO, but we're also taking their employees through this exercise. And initially CEOs get kind of triggered about it of like, well, you can't like everything about your business or your, your position. And sometimes we have to do things that we don't love to do. I mean, and yes, that's a hundred percent valid, but at the same time is you want to be able to cross-reference these uh, this exercise. And there are sometimes things that other employees love that you're almost like, what? Like, you love accounting? Like, what's wrong with you? You <laughs> like Excel sheets? <laughs> yeah. And you're so baffled because now you have one individual that has something on their plate that they can't stand doing. And then you have another individual that loves it. Like, I remember, you know, we had an employee who was working on the clinical side, but she like loved HR. And we were like, oh, well, and we just had no idea. That was not even something that was a discussion. But more importantly is that utilizing different tools at different times and if there is something that's on the loath list that, you know, you're like, well, this is actually an essential part of your position is yes. Question number one is, do you have the right person in the right seat and do we have to potentially move them to a different position or is it more of a linking issue? And that's really Dr. Nick's expertise, which I'll let him speak on behalf of, of but is it is it a matter of they just don't like it because they're not able to link it to the bigger picture, the bigger purpose, or really how it might be serving them in a way that's off their radar? I could go for hours about well, this. Well, you're not allowed to go for hours, so keep it short and sweet. All right. <laughs> so to keep it simple, we all make decisions, like I said before, about seeing more benefits than drawbacks. And the way we perceive that is based off of our belief system. So our belief systems is we see something as, you know, being either good or bad, having more benefits or more drawbacks. And from that, animalistically, we're always searching for pleasure and to avoid pain. So that's the foundation of how we make our decisions. When getting deeper into that, it's about literally structuring the... It's hard not to go really deep with this. <laughs> Go, I'm go fighting. ahead. I'm fighting. <laughs> the ask me the question again so I can be more superficial. <laughs> what? This is a short, short. Just circle it back to accountability. <laughs> I'm sweating right now. So, simply put, it's the easiest way to remodel our decision-making is by changing how the brain um, literally perceives things. As we said, we can only control three things. We control our perceptions, control our decisions, and control our actions. So from that, we can change our belief against things. So scientifically, I am going to go a little deep, but scientifically, the foundation of everything comes from our beliefs, how we see things, if they're good or they're bad. And from those beliefs, that drives and creates emotions. Our emotions then dictate our thoughts. What's crazy is neuroscience actually proved that an emotion can occur up to seven seconds before we have a conscious thought. So when people tell you to control your thoughts, it's literally almost impossible. We can decide what to do after the fact of our thoughts, but we can't control our thoughts because they're emotionally driven before we're even conscious about it. And we can't control our emotions because they're actually derived from our beliefs. So through linking we can actually change our belief. So we can actually link more benefits. We can stack more benefits. And then that there's another benefit from that. And there's another benefit from that. And what that does is it actually remodels our brain 
to be able to have a different neural pathway. So the synapses, how everything's literally connected together, will rearrange itself based on our literally beliefs, on our thought patterns. And when we restructure our beliefs, we remodel our brain to be able to actually think differently unconsciously. So we have different emotions that create different thoughts. And that's the whole concept of linking is really that it's a remodeling phase for our brain and for our mind. When we do that, then we can go back and actually be more self-accountable because we've taken the time to change our belief against something. So what we first thought maybe didn't serve us, now through the aspect of linking, we've remodeled our brain to be able to create connections so that we see that it does serve us. And this is one of the most powerful actions that we can take in any aspect of life to be able to start taking more action or to stop action that's not serving us. Well, one thing that I want to expand upon on what you're saying is that the other layer here is, you know, you're taking someone through this love and loathe. And then, you know, we have certain things that are on the loathe list that, you know, we want to make an effort to link to provide deeper purpose and and maybe change the belief system around why we feel that that is something that we loathe doing. But I think another factor that I was thinking about when you were talking is there's also this idea of reward, but not reward for an individual, but reward as a team. So it's a little bit different when you're kind of the the lone ranger and you know, you're the only person in your department or you're a remote worker that's not necessarily working with a team and having community and collaboration. But if you are creating that type of environment, which we do highly, highly, highly recommend, because now you have individuals that are able to say like, hey, I have so much on my plate right now, but uh, I know that we're really trying to get to this quarterly goal. And I know that there's a lot riding on it because we're going to take that trip to Puerto Rico. So, um, you know, I know that you're really good at this and you might be able to get it down faster. Like, can you take this off my plate? And is there something that maybe you don't really want to do that I can take off your plate and we could just do this? So we're we're all working towards the common goal and, you know, working towards that reward. So I, I find that's really great. It, you know, when I was going through the scaling up certification, I thought it was interesting about this, like, you know, incentivizing or creating reward, but it wasn't uh, to keep your people motivated. It was to really show your to really bring them together to work together as a team to then achieve the score. You know, it's like having the scoreboard of here's your theme of the quarter. Here's, you know, our specific benchmarks and goals that we want to reach. And then if we're able to do this together as a team, then we really want to celebrate in this way. So I thought that that was felt really good because we do want to celebrate our efforts and we want to celebrate the fact that we're able to come together as a really strong entity and achieve those goals and it's worth celebrating because that's the the beauty of it and that's like that increases reward increases accountability when you do it intelligently and that's you know going back to having that you know constructive feedback um, conflict you could say in meetings is that's when you have somebody say like you know this is a struggle point for me this is a conflict and I'm not gonna be able to reach this deadline you know it's like throwing that out there but and having those specific team meetings set up where 
you can have somebody else step up because we're all working as a tribe together. It's not like, hey, that's not my job. This is your job. Mm -hmm. You know, don't push anything else on me, blah, blah, blah. It's almost four o'clock. I'm going to be out of here in five minutes anyways. It's really about saying, oh, yeah, like, you know, this this aspect of that, I can totally crush it for you. You know, it's like actually the rest of my week's kind of light, you know, in this Mm -hmm. and they'll be perfect. I'll be able to get it done. Then you can carry off of that. And then it's just, it's a no brainer when you create an environment to grow together. Yeah. And I I do think that that really does require trust and vulnerability, which is going back to the previous uh, podcast that we did that led up to this one. But, you know, as we continue on, we have one more that is a dysfunction of an organization and that's inattention to results. And really the inattention to results is comes back to every single thing that we've talked about so far. So if you don't have the trust, you don't have the ability to have comfortable conflict, if you don't have the accountability, then you are not just your employees, but you as the CEO, you are completely ignoring results. And you're probably not willing to look at the data and you don't even want to look at the numbers because you're cringing. So that's our next uh, our next segment that we're going to get into is really discussing inattention to results and how this is such a detriment to your your business. But honestly, as a CEO or business owner, is this is a detriment to your livelihood and honestly your health. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, so tune into the next one where we finish off the five dysfunctions of an organization. You've reached the end of another episode of the Integrative Entrepreneur Podcast. Connect with us at integrativegrowthinstitute.com. Don't forget to sign up to our newsletter to receive our free materials. See you at the next episode. If you love today's episode of Integrative Entrepreneur Podcast, please head over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you. Awesome.